0: We're going to talk about families this morning. It's it's the core of who we are as a nation, is families. It's not not just an ideology that you can come up with something better than it. It, God has established families to be the the core. And anytime there's something that that is of God, there's going to be uh, attacks against it. Sometimes I say, why would you come against this? You know what I mean? It's like, why would you come against this? But that's how the, the enemy is. He comes and he brings lies and he bring, brings deceit and he tries to move people's hearts. And what I see, and especially in America, we are a, a, a government that's of the people, aren't we? We can't blame anybody but ourselves when it comes down to it. And yet we've, I believe in, in America, we've allowed some things to take place, to, to, to come in and to, to become a deception to us as a whole. But we are not without power during this time. That our power is, is, doesn't come from a, a, a basis of fear. It comes from a basis of faith. And so we need to, to uh, continue praying for our nation right now. Because there is, there's some challenges coming against it. But we, are not, we, we don't get anywhere in overcoming evil by magnifying the evil. We get overcome evil by magnifying the goodness of our God. Amen? And so we've been praying and I want to, I'm just going to pray briefly here before we get into the sermon. Um, it's, it's necessary for us to be unceasing in prayer. Now, that doesn't mean that we're just walking around praying all the time. Boy, that's a real weirdo. He's just praying all the time. But we're supposed to be steadfast. We're, we're, if we're praying something and, and, and there's a period until it's, it's actually realized, we stay steadfast in that. Amen? And our confidence is in the prayers we've already prayed, our relationship with God, And a promise that we have in him. Amen? There's something bigger than the obvious things that we can see in the news going on right now. There's bigger things that God is wanting to accomplish. It's in the hearts of people. And if there's a threat against our nation, it's against the hearts of our people. And that's the bigger picture. We're on a, on a pathway, the train is going towards uh, family, and we just want to talk about family. We got started with the last week, looking at the origins of family, and what I want, I, I want to continue with that just a little bit, because if we're going to consider God in our families, we've got to consider his whole design for who we are. Anybody a part of a family, <laughs> you know, you were born at least, right? <laughs> you know, some people, and, and, and I'm going to address this today because some people don't really have a, a, an earthly family, you know? And, and, and what Jesus came to do is, is, is to pro- provide family for everybody from the same basis that we can have confidence in and strength in because there's, when God does something, he does it through family, he changes a nation. He creates a nation through family. I mean, it's kind of like, duh, you, you have to reproduce, you know. To have, but, but that's how he does stuff. And so God wants to be in the middle of it, making it right, okay? So praise God. We're going to get into this. Uh, so family is actually enabled. And so I, I, I'm going <laughs> to, let's just let's just pray real quick that I'll get through all this. This is wonderful stuff. Um, So I just want to review from last, last week. It said family is God's likeness in creation. So we went back and we looked at how when God created man, they were actually created in his likeness. And it was, it said our likeness. So it was male and female. It requires male and female. And we can't be looking at any other perspective for family. It's male and female. Not modified male and female. Just male and female. If, it, if you're going to have God's way. Now you can try in other ways. We saw that last week that you know Adam and Eve thought they could come up with a better way. And it just does not work. What does it do? It, it puts you away from God. You don't get the good things from Him. So God's image, it's actually an identity and a character. So um, we saw that, that if we're created in his image, it's not, it's not our physical image. It's his character, right? It's, it's, the, it's the, and we relate, related it to like uh, Tesla or, or, you know, some of these online places. Now they're wanting to cancel people if they don't meet up to their image, you know. And so we saw that, that God has an image that he wants to portray through family, I'm glad he can do this individually, but he's designed for us to represent him, and there's three parts of him, right? It's going to be through family, okay? All right. So, the family's origin is the invisible God created, uh, he created mankind in their image, male and female. Adam's fall skewed that image. So what happened when Adam fell, he lost the ability to to, uh, represent God. And family got all messed up. <laughs> We're going to see this. It, it really it, people just started doing whatever they felt like there wasn't any representation of God. We saw that even in, in Adam. His first sons, one of them killed the other one. You know That's not a very good family. How's your family? Well, it's kind of messed up, you know, If one of them's killing the other one. Why? Because Adam can no longer represent God because he he compromised God. He wanted to take the place of God. And then it becomes so necessary if we're going to know God, have him be the basis for our families that we acknowledge what he has to say about stuff. Just come in line with it. It's a good idea. Amen? So in Christ, the image is restored. So Adam lost it. Adam was the first one. uh, He was the first Adam. And then the second Adam came along. It was Jesus. And he was able to restore that. This is where we're going to go today. Um, Because it's so necessary for us to be able to actually get our hearts and our our minds around this a little bit. And I don't know about you. I'm going to show you some things here that are, are like, do you ever get overwhelmed by stuff? It's like... Um, and you just kind of give up on it. <laughs> calculus did to that that to me in, in, in college. <laughs> I went in as a music major and I thought I'll I'll double major, I'll do math and music. And um and I found out I, I couldn't do both because I was staying up all night with calculus and I'm supposed to be practicing. So there's sometimes there's just so much there you say, ah I don't even think I can do this. And when it comes to representing the nature and the character of God, just give up. Just give up. God makes a way, but we can't. We can't do it on our own. So this is why I want to touch on this is because, you know, we can start just talking about what the fathers are supposed to do, what the mothers are supposed to do, what the kids are supposed to do, but that's, it's not just rules. It goes to our creation, how we were made. It's our identity that is necessary. So there's an image of family that's distorted. This is a challenge for us. We want to fulfill the role as a part of a family, but, but there's a problem. The, 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 you know, each one of us has, has a, an experience in life that we've already experienced. And our perception of now is based upon what we've already gone through. People we've known. Our own parents. <laughs> How many how many uh, see your own parenting based upon how you've been parented? Now, we might be fighting that, but we've been affected by it, haven't we? Right? And part of that is a distortion because none of us are going to be perfect. Well, I was really pretty close um, until you talked to my, my sons, right? It just does not happen. And then there's, I refer to this already, there's somebody, okay, if somebody doesn't have a family, so what... How are we going to be a a role in a family if we don't have anybody to relate to? But I believe God wants to touch all of us with the, the importance and the power of being a part of a family, okay? So here's a list of some things, and this is what I'm getting into. This can be overwhelming. I don't know. You know, give me one thing, and I'll really work on it really hard. You know, I'll really try to be nice. Okay, calculus and my wife. (laughs) <laughs> it's like <laughs> overwhelming things, you know. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's just. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the things I need to keep adjusting. To. Yeah, we're team teaching next week. It's gonna really be fun. Right now, I, I'm I'm alone up here, so I can say a couple things. Um, but no, no, I was just thinking about this because you know this this is what it's it that I see even my marriage with my wife in, it's a long-time quest of of saying, how can I please her? You know, it's like, I need help, and so I go to God and say, God, help me do this, right? And, And that's not a bad thing. Here's a list of some things. If we were to think of God, his character, his nature, and the inverse of that that a lot of times we experience in relationships, Okay? especially in families. And I, we don't need any amening while we're going through this, but um, uh, there should be some identification with this, right? We sang about the faithfulness of God today, right? What do we have in, in marriages, in families? Unfaithfulness. Humility. One of the biggest challenges in families is pride, isn't it? is it not? So we could just preach with them. Well, let's just don't go there, okay. Submissive, arrogant. Selfless, selfish compassionate, critical, gentle, harsh. These are all the things that God wanted to have an image for us and this is how it's been skewed, okay? Caring, unaffectionate, serving, demanding, willing, stubborn, assertive. Does this help if I do my voice like this? Assertive, violent, kind, angry, forgiving, bitter, good listener, unaware. Boy, that's a big one for me, okay, all right. On the learning side, okay? That's one of those overwhelming things. Are you even listening to me? Okay. Communicates. Closed. <laughs> That's another one, okay. Dependable. Irresponsible. And you thought I was done? Are we getting overwhelmed yet? Can, can we do this? Can we, can we work on this? Well, let's don't work on it on ourselves. We'll, we'll get there, but <laughs> it's not possible. Diligent. Lazy. Decisive, insecure, available, detached, meek, unteachable, joyful, grumpy, (laughs) okay. Consistent, temperamental, friendly, cold, true and honest, deceptive. You think I'm done? You're wrong. Powerful, domineering, provide, inconsiderate, protector, abandoning, patient, impatient, impartial and fair, partial, loving, correction, abusive, wise and brash, and we can all say, shoo. Can you say shoo with me? Okay. So these are some of the things when we talk about a family supposed to be representing the image of God. This left-hand column is the image of God. Can we see it that way? And if there's any violation of that, it, it, it's a skewed image of who God really is. And it's something that the family is supposed to represent. It's actually supposed to represent it to the world. How is God gonna be seen? He's going to be seen through those who know him and those who relate to each other the way his character would dictate. Does that help? All right. So, God's redemptive plan. So, God has a plan. Isn't God cool with his planning? Sometimes it's kind of long, isn't it? We'll see this, all right. To restore original family design. That's why we have the song, He's in the Waiting. Because sometimes there's a, there's a, a, a plan that's taking place that we can't see it all. And so we have to get in line. We have to be a part of it. But God's redemptive plan is really cool. So I, I man, uh, Exodus 15, 11. who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. That sounds like he's taking them home. In my Father's house are many mansions. Well, that's a big house. It's got mansions inside of it, Right? But what is to be redeemed? That means to be restored to the original design. Amen? So God has a plan. What happened with Adam and Eve? They broke the representation of God through a family to where it could not happen without God coming and restoring that ability to do that. So when we looked at this long list, that's all of us without God's plan for redemption. We cannot do it. You can't try hard enough. You can't just talk about it and say, okay, I'm going to go do it. Because you know what? With everything having to do with falling short, we're not able in our flesh to do it. That's why Jesus had to come, okay? All right. So there's a concept of covenant that I want to touch on real quick. And this becomes essential for us to understand who we are and how we can be successful in a family, okay? There's this concept of covenant. It's God's initiated relationship with mankind to restore God's image. This is God's way of relating with man. What is God? And and there's this this statement that, uh, that, that describes God. God is love, right? He didn't start being love when Jesus came along. He was love before creation. He's been love. He's always going to be love. And the way love works, it initiates a relationship. It says, here I am. Here's what I'm going to do. Now, what love also does is it doesn't say, because I'm doing this, then you have to do something in return. But for there to be covenant, for there to be covenant, there's a move inspired by love that requires a response for it to be covenant. So remember what happened in the garden. What did God do? He made this garden. It was an amazing garden. It was was supplied with everything, wasn't it? And he said, you can have everything. But just don't eat this one fruit. So that was God in covenant with Adam and Eve saying, I'm going to do this for you. He was over and above in what he did, didn't he? Wasn't he? And all he said, all I need you to do is to believe me that I've done this for you and to obey me. Right? What happened in that covenant? They broke it. Was it God's fault? It wasn't God's fault. The provision was there. There was covenant that was provided, but there was an, there's a requirement on, for both parties to comply for a covenant to be complete. And this is how God works down through the ages. He always initiates a move towards, God, towards man, but there's a requirement in return for it to be any good for us. Okay? Are you excited yet? Man, this is so good. All right, I'll just get excited. So so Noah was one of the first ones that we'll just look at. We'll look at a few examples, okay? So what happened with Noah? Genesis 6, 18. But I will establish my covenant with you. What's God saying? It, you know, Adam and Eve, Noah, and the rest that we're gonna look at, they did nothing to deserve it. They did nothing to acquire it. It was given to them. God said, I'm establishing my provision for you. Now, for that to be complete, you're going to have to do something in return. (laughs) Okay? I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. This is an amazing thing that God is talking to this man. He's telling him he's going to flood the earth. They've never even had a rainstorm yet, and he's supposed to believe this. And the amazing thing is, God tells him he's going to save his family, not just him. He's going to save the human race through a family. But he makes a covenant. Did you see that? I said covenant, didn't it? it? said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to provide a way for you to save your whole family. I'm providing this, but you're going to have to do something on your part too, Okay? All right, so then down a little further, it says, and I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. God continues to make this advance towards us with something he says, I'm, I'm, I, I say that this is what I'm doing. This is my position. But there's a requirement on our part too. okay. So the the next one I want to look at here, and we're going to, boy, this is so helpful for us. This is going to be great. Covenant with Abraham to establish family that would form godly nations. What does, God always shows up with something that's completely impossible on our part. Nothing we can do to acquire it, but he shows up and he says, I'm going to do this for you. You know, sometimes I've wondered if if God was attempted to make covenant with other people along the way, but he—it's these people that respond to what he says to do—that it becomes covenant. It's not covenant until there's a reciprocation of honor and obedience. Okay, so what happened with Abraham? He was actually called out of the place where he was—he he had grown up in. And he went in faith, responded to God's leading all along. He was called Abram, wasn't he? This is kind of interesting. But God shows up and he begins to promise Abram some things that were completely impossible. It's kind of like the rainstorm for Noah. It's like, what are you even talking about? Because he has no children. He says he's going to be the father. Isn't this interesting? He uses the word father. Father. Of many nations. And he doesn't even have anybody yet. Genesis 15, 5. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. What are offspring? That's your family, isn't it? That's your family. God is going to, by covenant, establish a nation through a family. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. What did Abram do to get any of this? Believed. He just believed. What did that do? It put him in position with God to, for covenant. But what is, was he done? Believing was necessary. You have to believe. You have to believe in God. But you're not done. Not if you're going to be in a full covenant with God. There's your part to play. <laughs> I didn't even know about sharing this part. Because this part is the scary part. Um, for grown folks. Um, so man's part though. Now Abraham did not do this. What happened to his identity when, this, to, when he got into covenant with God? He, he actually put his name inside of Abram's name. And he said, now it's not just you anymore. You're the father of many nations because of what I am doing in you. Amen? His identity changed to become identified with God. And because that, he was enabled for family. Isn't that powerful? So man's part from belief... He had to start with belief, but then he had to take it to the next level because God said, now what I'm going to have to do is establish in you the beginnings of a nation that are marked by their relationship with me and setting apart, cutting off things that would allow them to look like the world. Can we see it that way? Genesis 17, 10. Okay, let me just back up. I had that one statement in here, and this is something I want to continue going forward, okay? It says, there was an outward mark that was necessary for there to be a representation of an inward reality. Can we see this? Yeah. And it's going to be a continuation, we, we, we're, we're getting somewhere, that, if you can go with me, okay? There's a necessity for there to be an outward representation of an inward reality. And that is a completed covenant. Okay? So, this is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. Isn't this wonderful? He's saying, you're going to have family. This is going to be awesome. You're going to be the father. He said, well, I've never been a father. I mean, it's like 100 years old. I'm not a father. What is? Okay. The covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. These are grown men. And you know how long it took for Abraham to decide whether or not he was going to be in covenant with God? A day did not go by. And he did not make friends. He lost all his friends all that day. (laughs) But he said, well, you're the one to say what? (laughs) But what happened? From that point on, there was an establishing of a nation that that was represented even in in their... (laughs) In their sexuality, in the place that they would produce seed going forward that was representing God, God said, we're going to make a change here. Abraham did not hesitate. What did that do for him? It established him in covenant with God. An amazing thing, because what God was wanting to do is to begin to advance a plan for redemption for man. It had to begin with somebody. Amen? And it began with Abraham. Why? Because he responded. If he hadn't responded, where would we be? We wouldn't be able to think Father Abraham had many sons. Right? So then there was another covenant through Moses. God's a covenant man. He's not a man, but he's a covenant God, right? When he does something, he's going to establish his side of it. And what did he do with with Moses? This was another attempt. What was it going to do? It was going to establish the people of Israel as coming closer to representing him in his image. It was going to be the family of Israel, wasn't it? Exodus 19, 5 through 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant... He already established his covenant. He said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to do, it's it's this love God of ours again saying, if if you do all these things, so (laughs) you might as well have gone back to our little list and said, if you do all these kind of things, then then we're in covenant, right? And that's about how hard the law was. You know, I took some Judaism classes in, in college and they were taught by rabbis. And what you find out is it's not just the law of Moses, it's, it's the Talmud. It's, it's the, it's the uh, interpretations that you have to obey also. And so then they tell you, you can't even flip a switch on Sabbath. And they take it to the... You're never going to get this done, right? But it was God's way. He said, if, if you'll do these things, then you're going to represent me and I will bless you. I will bless you more than you can contain, right? Right? There was a curse to it also, though, wasn't there? If you fail to, then I'm, there's a curse that is associated with sickness, lack, oppression, death, right? Although the whole world is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So that's when he, he got the, the, the law. Okay? So what happened with that though? It wasn't sufficient. Nobody could do it. It was that long list of stuff that you said, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. But there, you just weren't able to do it, right? So I'm looking at family the same way. We can give it a go. We can go to some seminars. We can find out how we're supposed to act. But until we find out who we really are, we're going to fall short. This is why I think it's so necessary for us to see this. Are you seeing it this morning? All right. So there's a new covenant that was necessary. Those covenants weren't, weren't enough. God did his part, but man was incapable of doing his part. There would be one or two men come along, you know, like Samuel or somebody. You know, but they, it, it wasn't mankind. God wanted mankind. So Hebrews 8.8. 8. But God revealed the defect and limitation of the first He's talking about this covenant that he had prior. When he said to his people, look, the day will come, declares the Lord, when I will satisfy the people of Israel and Judah by giving them a new covenant. It will be an entirely different covenant than the one I made with their fathers when I led them by my hand out of Egypt. For they did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I rejected them, says the Lord. They didn't remain in the covenant, did they? For here is the covenant I will one day establish with the people of Israel. I will embed my laws. Now, this is the key. I will embed my laws within their thoughts and fasten them onto their hearts. You know, it's a whole lot easier to do something if it's in your heart. Isn't it? I will be their loyal God and they will be my loyal people. This is the passionate declaration of a loving God. God all through from the beginning of creation, he's passionate about us. He's passionate about our families. He's a passionate about what he wants to produce through us. It's not apart from him. It's a direct relationship to him that he wants it to be a image of him that comes from our families praise god okay so he established this new covenant how much more then will the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to god cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living god man that's a declaration of it isn't it It said i'm gonna help you with this when G, What was Jesus? He was God's covenant. He was God's movement of love towards us. He said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to provide a lamb. I'm going to provide a sacrifice. So your inability to represent me will be taken care of in a completely new, not just rules, not just family seminar, but new creation changes who you are and this is actually the gospel (laughs) you know you can simplify it down to god loved you so that you wouldn't have to go to hell so you say jesus be my lord and you get to go to heaven but there's so much more to it he doesn't just come down and save you from hell and from bad things he makes you brand new the covenant we have with him is God says, I'm going to make you brand new. So what, 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 what you're going to, the things that you need to produce, that long list of stuff is not going to be stuff you're trying to do yourself. It's going to start coming out of you. Amen? Because of who you've been made to be, not who you're trying to be. Amen? Isn't this wonderful what we've been given from God? Oh, there's hope in it. But there's a side we have to play. God's covenant towards us, his commitment to, towards us is Jesus. But then there's a part we have to play too, okay? He was born both of the son, uh, son of God and son of man. He, was, he identified with his father God. He was the first one to actually see himself as being directly connected to the father God. But he also was a man. He was born from a womb, And so he was also identifying with us. Isn't this amazing? Now, he did this in a way that he was going to take us to. That we are the same way. We're living in human bodies. But we can identify with an almighty God on the inside. Oh, praise God. (laughs) This is where you're supposed to start doing a run around. Okay, this this, this is the good part, right? (laughs) So what was necessary for a God's covenant to be completed is there was, there was a necessary for somebody to die. Jesus went ahead of us and died and took everything with him. Okay, let me, let me not get ahead of myself too much. Luke two forty nine. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So I, had a, I have a sister that, that worked in a ministry. And I remember my parents used to get a little bit upset because she used to call the, the leader of that ministry father or dad. They called him dad. You wonder what was going through Joseph and, and Mary's, you know, when he's saying, I got to be about my father's business. He had an understanding of a relationship with a father, God. And what did that do for him? Now, this is wonderful. We, he, this is where he, he came to take us to that same place. What did it do for him? It caused him to walk his whole life in the image of God. Why? Because of his identity with God. Now, he was still a man, so he was still tempted. He had to identify with us so that he could redeem us. He could set us back into our original design. So, That's just revelation that he he saw himself as the son of... Why did he get crucified? He said, because you said you were the son of God. This very thing was why he got crucified. And you know, if the enemy would have known that, he would have never crucified him. Isn't this interesting? What the enemy wants to do, God takes and he turns it around and he makes it a a victory that's far greater. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So he also identified as the son of man. Matthew twelve forty. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly uh, of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He's prophesying his own act that would take our skewed image to its destiny—hell. Matthew twelve forty. For as oh, let me see. I'm sorry. Uh, So there's a new covenant. It's God's initiated identity for us through Christ. And it's apart from anything we do. Just like Jonah, he didn't do anything to deserve it, did he? Abraham did nothing to deserve it. We do nothing to deserve what God offers us in Christ. We can't earn it. But it's not a completed covenant until there's some reciprocation on our part. Amen? Yes. What, is the, what is the purpose? For there to be a likeness of God represented to the world, isn't it? This is not magic. You don't just say, okay, I believe, so then you're, all of a sudden you're, uh, you're looking like God right away. This is a transformation that takes place. Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, we couldn't do anything right, Christ died for the ungodly. What is that? That's God's love coming towards us when we don't deserve it, establishing his covenant with us. When we're nasty. That's why we can't... The only thing that separates us from people that are living in the world, in evil, in darkness, the thing people we might consider to be enemies, is that they just haven't accepted Jesus. Amen? We we have no superiority over anybody We've just believed in what he's come to do for us. Amen? Now, that's not the whole though because he wants to do something through us because we believe in him. Amen? Uh, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person though a good person, someone, uh, might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a covenant on God's part, isn't it? And this is so much better than anything else. Everything he was doing up to that point was leading to this. Okay? You're saying, what does this have to do with family? It's essential. If we're going to get something from God, we have to find out who we are in him. Not something we're trying to be. Not something that we can earn. It's something God has done for us in Christ. Amen? Romans 6, 3. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? For there to be new birth in Christ, there has to be death of something else. And this is, a, this is something that we have to be a part of. We have to participate in the death of the thing that can't represent God. Amen? Amen? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This is new. Oh, this is new life church. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Isn't that wonderful? So what's the requirement? God comes. He sends Jesus. But does everybody accept Jesus? Does everybody become a part of that covenant? No. There has to be death. There has to be life that's embraced. Are you with me? Is this good? All right. Romans 6. Oh, let's see. It's not advancing. All right. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Death is necessary, right? With belief, uh, we become a part of the family of God. Okay, Romans 8, 29. So this is partly what's happening. We're being, if, if anytime somebody's born, they're, they're coming from a woman, aren't they? There's an immediate relationship. This is why God wants to. He he want uh, uh, the enemy wants to kill babies before they're even born. Why? Because he has he has a he has a purpose of, of destroying. You know what? Uh, remember what happened with Moses? Pharaoh was wanting to kill all the babies, wasn't he? Actually, when Jesus was born, they were wanting to kill all the babies. The king was trying to kill all the babies. Why? Because he doesn't want. There to be a family established. There, he doesn't want God's purpose to be accomplished. So he always comes against. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Ah, what did Jesus say? He said, If you see me, you see the Father, right? that he might be the firstborn though among many brothers and sisters what is what happened in christ he said when we take on his image when we take on the likeness of christ we become a part of a family amen now this this we'll see what what happened with with jesus remember what he said in the temple we just saw that a little bit ago but what did he, he was talking about his heavenly father as taking precedence over his earthly family, didn't he? Now, was Jesus bad for doing that? No, he was just recognizing a higher family that he was a part of. And because he was a part of that, he was actually able to honor his earthly family the way it should be honored. If you'll hang with me, this is so essential. Our heavenly family has to be established in order for our earthly family to be cared for with the power of God and the identity of God. Okay? Luke 8, 19 through 21. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. So someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now, if he had have posted that on Facebook, he had got a lot of personal messages coming back. That wasn't very nice what you just did. <laughs> was he saying that his earthly family was not his family? No, he just said, it's bigger than this. It's bigger than this. My family, and it's essential for us If we're going to get an identity with Christ and an identity with our father, that we understand that we have died to this life. And we've been born again in Christ into the family of God. And now what's so wonderful about this is I'm not responsible for my children alone anymore. I place them in God's hands. Amen? Because they're not just in my family. They're in the family of God. And I can put trust in God now. Amen? And what that does is it aligns my heart to be what I need to be then to my children. I'm not just getting mad at them myself and responding. No, I am in a position because of who I am in Christ to care for my family the way they need to be cared for. Because they're a part of the family of God. Amen? Amen? You see how essential this is for me to hit this today? I know I'm going as fast as I can here, but it's, it's stuff we have to see, okay? All right, are you good? So this was Jesus' own perspective. This is Jesus, and he said, you know what? This We're part of a, a, I'm part of a bigger family. What did that enable him to do to fulfill his purpose? He was doing it for us. He was doing it for his fam. It was the fam. What about Bob, you know? It's the fam, you know? All right. That's a funny show. All right. Our part is allowing the outward representation of the inward reality. Now, we're not supposed to try to do it on our own. We're just supposed to let it happen. And we're going to see how this happens. We need, it's very important for us to have the character of God. Right? It's it's not because of condemnation or because... No, because we want to represent God. There's blessing associated with that, right? So there's our part of the covenant. Jesus came for us to make us a new creation in him, but we have to fulfill our part too. It's not near as bad as Abraham's. Aren't you glad we don't have to do it, Abraham? That kind of stuff. But stuff has to die. Stuff has to get cut off for the covenant to be fulfilled in us. Amen? Amen? All right, next week's gonna be fun. Come back next week. It's gonna be, my wife's gonna be up here and you're oh, just really gonna enjoy this. All right. By beholding the image of Christ, we are changed into that image, putting off the old nature and putting on the new by faith. What are we supposed to do? Try to look at all, you know, sometimes you can go and try to dig up all the, all the, all the junk so you can deal with it. It's not our job to dig up all the junk. It's our job to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? You know, people people don't have to, to, to come up to a certain level to be accepted in the family of God. No, they're accepted right the way they are. In fact, that's why Jesus came, to accept you the way you are. But he didn't come to leave you. He came to accept you the way you are so you could be transformed in covenant with Almighty God by becoming a new identity in him. All right. Y'all are getting hungry, aren't you? All right. right, Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all... Who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. What is that image? It's his character, isn't it? It's how he does stuff. If we're going to have hope in our families, we got to be looking unto Jesus. Beholding him. Amen? And ever increasing glory. What does that take? What's that happening? Every day things are being changed. I'm not discouraged by a failure I might have today. No, I'm just letting it be burned up, consumed on the altar before him. Amen? This is something I've learned that's very precious. I used to get all condemned when I would do something wrong, and I'd feel like i have to be away from God for a while, get a little bit better myself before he could actually accept me. And you know what? He wants us to just run back into his presence. As soon as we do something wrong. Amen? Because it's in his presence, beholding Jesus, that that thing will be cared for. Amen? We can't care for it ourselves. Give up. All right. Was this worth sticking around here? All right. All the old skewed image is completely dealt with. Don't you like this? It's dealt with in covenant with God, in a covenant that could never be accomplished prior to Jesus. It required somebody coming that was son of God, son of man, that could identify with us. But we have to identify with him. We can't just go partway. We can't say, okay, now I'm born again. Now I got to try to get better. You know, that's what a lot of times we're doing as Christians. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing that. No, just get in the face of Jesus. Just identify with an inner reality and allow it to come out. Okay? Hey, we're getting close. Take a deep breath. All right? (laughs) Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, don't you like this? If you become one with Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. This is the challenge. It's kind of like America right now. We're, we're in, in, in the throes of being deceived to become something that we're not. But the enemy comes right away. He tries to steal away the reality that we've been made a new creation in Christ. And he wants you to identify with the old man. Keep reproducing those things. How do you get over that? You can't stay looking in the world if you're going to get over it. You can't keep identifying with the world if you're going to be a new creation. You have to get into the word, right? All that is related to the old order has vanished. Every... Every inability to represent the image and the character of God has been put to death in Christ. Isn't this wonderful? This is a loving God. He knows we can't do it ourselves. He says, "I'm just going to make you new. Let's just let's just fix this good. Put to death the old, now you're new." Amen. But there has to be this revelation because we've grown up seeing everything else going on. We have to have this revelation that God is living inside of me, not just inside of me. He changes who I am. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How sad it is every time we deny the image of Christ in us and hold on to the old. And it's needless. But we have to have revelation. Are you getting revelation this morning? Amen, this is good stuff. There's hope in this. Amen? Behold, everything is fresh and new. Man, isn't this wonderful? But we we need God to help us in this, don't we? We don't just come to the altar. No, we take him through our our days. If you walk in the Spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You don't fulfill those things that disqualify. Have you ever blown up, had a big uh, blow up, and you just hope the neighbors aren't here and, you know? (laughs) Okay, we we never have that, but I was just wondering if y'all had anything like that. So putting on a, on Christ annihilates the old. It's not up to us to find all the bad things and try to just get rid of them. Now I like this passage because it, it, there, there's a list there's a long list of stuff that needs to change if we're going to represent the image of God. But what we do is we don't look at the, the the negative things. We get filled up with the life of God, and it displaces those things. Amen. Colossians 3:18. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things. And it says, "Well, you're saying we're we're supposed to do this? Just hold on. As these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language come from your lips, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. What is that? Don't lie to each other. Don't act out something that you're not. You've been made new in Christ. Don't keep acting like that old thing. That's a lie. That's a lie. So what do you do instead? And having put on, you put on the new self. What do you do? You start acting by faith. You put on. Which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. In the image of its creator. This, is, this new creation is the image of it. It's redeemed. To be what God designed for it to be. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If you forget about the junk and just start doing the good. Amen? All the junk just dies. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. All right, I promise I'm close. Living out our family role comes from the reality of Christ's life in us. Colossians 1.27. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know what this world needs? It's us being in Christ. It's the hope. It's the glory of God. We are changed from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Don't, you're, you're never going to fix anything from the outside You're just going to get frustrated. Give up and just be a music major instead of a double major. Okay. (laughs) Isaiah 10, 27. In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. Don't you like this? (laughs) Do you have any clothes that you just don't fit in anymore? You know what the image of this is? I don't know what the image of that, but (laughs) what I see represented in that is you're getting so full of who you are in Christ that it breaks off that yoke of bondage of who you used to be. And your inability to represent the image of God gets broken by the life of God from the inside. You become so fat on who Christ is in you that you can no longer wear the clothes of sin and those images that that are not God. Yeah. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? All right. I've got one more. All right. What is not possible. We saw that from the beginning. We can't do this on our own. We're going to get into this. We're going to see what family should be. But we're going to do it from an understanding that this is coming from a nature of who we've been made to be in Christ. We're not trying to do it from the outside. We're doing it from the inside. Okay? Are you with me? Romans eight fifteen. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. This isn't something we're just feeling like we have to do because it's a good thing and we're going to feel guilty if we don't do it, right? Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. What is that? Jesus coming to you saying, you don't have to do anything. This is the covenant of a loving father that says, I accept you the way you are, but I'm going to change you. I'm going to make you a new creation. To where you're no longer trying to be something. You're just being who you've been made to be. Amen? Enfolding you into the family of God. Isn't this wonderful? We're going to talk about our, our family units, but we need to understand that we're part of the family of God. And that's why we can affect, we can be effective in our families. There's hope for us there. And you will never feel orphaned as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, Abba Father. Aren't you glad God's called us into his, his family?